Welcome back to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Thursday, October 26, 2023, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PBH, my buddy. how's it going, my friend? Dude, going great. Happy to be home. Weary traveler. <laughs> uh, just finished up the, you know, 24 hours in Madison, Wisconsin. So we got a lot to talk about. So it's, uh, you know, got to upload some files, but it's, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> okay, my friend. Well, welcome home. We are also joined by fellow contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland. CP, what's the word from the 216? What's up, boys? Good to see you, man. Yeah, good, good to, to see, see you. Good too. to hear your voices coming off that, uh, which we'll get into. But you know what? It's always nice like beating Penn State so oh yeah good, man. amen to that yeah yeah it's been kind of a slow news week hasn't it fellas yeah there, uh, is there anything going yeah. on anything I mean this is this is going to be like a 20 minute pod right? yeah I mean the Buckeyes as Chad referenced just beat their second top 10 opponent of the season and have the best resume in college football with less than a week before the first playoff rankings come out Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan football program are embroiled in a major signal-stealing scandal orchestrated by a low-level ex-military staffer, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. And, oh, by the way, the Buckeyes will be in Madison, Wisconsin this Saturday, where they've only played six games since 2002. By the way, Ohio State is 4-2 and in those games. Their average margin of victory in those four wins is only five and a half points, fellas. And they needed OT to win two of them, actually their last two visits. So, okay, here we go. Why don't we start by spending just a few minutes looking back at last week's 20-12 to win over Penn State in the horseshoe. Now, I did a quick recap pod on Sunday, but the three of us haven't really had a chance to talk about that win for the Buckeyes. So, PVH, I want to start with you. What did you see from the Buckeyes in that game that stood out? Well, it was an interesting experience for me because I was solo. It was in Vegas, um, and I watched it at a place that didn't have the sound on, which was actually kind of great. I know you do that quite a bit with, uh-huh. with Gus. And, um, it, 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 it actually is a totally different way to watch a game. Um, and then it was inside outside, right? Cause it was 9 AM. So right. <laughs> um, noon starts kill me. Um, but dude, I mean, it's, I don't think you can ever be upset with a win against Penn state. It was hard to watch at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's clearly room for improvement still with the offense, but that's a hell of a defense oh, come on, that yeah. we think. Yeah. And, uh, the defense is is legit, man. I mean, those guys are just. I mean, they they played lights out. Um, and and what are you going to say about Marv? He's you know he's the difference maker, right? I mean, maybe if you put Marvin on Penn State, maybe they could win that game. Mm-hmm. But you know, I loved how you know they made a concerted effort to get him involved really early. Yes. Um. And and without Abuka, that's you know Huge. pretty amazing. You know, like yeah. everyone just glosses over that fact, or I don't know if they gloss over it, but no, it, I think they did. Mis- I, I think they did. It was kind of a, a footnote in the game, whereas if you know you follow Ohio State like we do, those were major, major losses. I mean, you, you, the last top 10 matchup Ohio State played against Notre Dame, how huge was Igbuka in that game? I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. had 30 yards uh, receiving in that game. It was Igbuka well, and, that carried him against Notre Dame. So he was a huge loss in this Penn and, State and, game. And, and I, I, I kind of wonder about the trade thing, but it's, it's, it's not debatable 
that Burke and Abuka are both going to be first rounders. So you could, Ohio State was down three players that are going to get drafted in the first round next year in the NFL draft. Yeah, well, I don't. And yeah, that, yeah. that game wasn't even really that close, or it shouldn't have been that. It was. It really wasn't that close, and it could have been much, much worse. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of a crazy, you know, thing to think about in and of itself, right? Like, it, you know, the injuries for Ohio mm-hmm. State. You know, who knows what that score could have been? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for me, I thought the the performance was almost as notable for who didn't play in this game as for those that did because of the absences of of uh, Igbuka and Henderson and and Burke. I mean, the fact that those guys didn't play, as you mentioned, I, I think two of those three are first rounders. I don't know about Henderson. And I'm not even sure Henderson goes, I, goes to the I, NFL next I've year. I've seen some things, though, where they have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, we can. Yeah, we'll we debate that another day. All right. <laughs> but, but, but Chad's best friend, Trey, wasn't available again. Not so, my best friend, but yeah. he is full go this week, baby. Oh, yeah, go. I'll, I'll believe yeah. that. He will be the it. starter. I'll no, believe he, that. No, he's full. I, want, I listened to Ryan Day's show today on the way home from work, boys. Uh, yeah. He's full yeah. go. He'll be fucking, he's the number one RB, like, and he will play. Great. Well, well I'll, I'll believe it when I see yeah, it. I believe never it. believe right, a word Ryan Day All says right. about injuries. I'll believe it when I see it, but I, I, I hope you're right, CP, because they could have used and him last I, week. I would say the last thing uh, about the game is, you know, I mean, against a vaunted, right, Penn State defensive line, I mean, you kind of got to tip your hat to the offensive line. They held their own. They absolutely. Opened, they, we absolutely had some, some uh, you know, ability to run the ball uh gave mccord you know for the most part the protection that he needed so you know maybe that would be the biggest you know positive silver lining of the game not that there's any clouds hanging over you know beating penn state but they they played great against you know arguably one of the best defensive lines in the country so you know, hopefully they continue that i totally agree about the offensive line cp how, how about you what did you see in that game that stood out to you we won, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's what, like, you know, week to week, whatever. And, you know, I used to be one of those people just salty about everything, this and that. But you know what? We won the game, okay? We got out of that. We beat Penn State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, at times, did not pretty. Did McCord miss some throws? Did he throw some needles as well mm-hmm. um, on the flip side of that? Yeah, of course. Offensive line, I think, played well. Um, mm-hmm. Defense, like, I mean, what can you say? I, I mean, awesome. you know. Corcoran actually had it pretty uh, pretty down in on that score, but like I mean, overall, man, like I, I, I'm happy. We beat mm-hmm. Penn State. Yeah, you know, we beat a top ten team, and we're moving on to the next week. And I, that's that's all I'm happy about. I mean, I'm you know, I'm, the fact that like we, our defense has come up big. I mean, you got Jermaine Matthews, who like I mean, yeah, that the freshman playing. Big. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean it's 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 all good. So I know we'll get into that, like you know, touch on that. But yeah, I mean my takeaway is that we won the game. Um, we're moving onward to Wisconsin, um, and we're getting better. I think every week. I agree we're with you, Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, uh, I'm sorry, my score prediction was the closest, my friends. Yeah, I had Ohio State twenty to nine yeah, in this game. Right. The score was twenty to twelve, and I was 
30 seconds yeah. away from my bold prediction happening of holding Penn State out of the end zone and they score that garbage time TD with 29 seconds to go. Yeah, look, hey, I'm with you guys on the offensive line. We all had huge concerns about the Ohio State offensive line coming into this season. PBH, I believe you had it as your number one concern. I was right there with you. I thought there were four make-or-break areas uh, that could derail this season if, if they broke the wrong way for the Buckeyes. Quarterback, the defense, specifically the secondary and the safeties, and injuries were the other three, but offensive line was was the fourth. I was very worried specifically about the tackles and pass protection, but last Saturday, the Ohio State offensive line limited arguably the best pass rush in the country to only 10 quarterback pressures. That was a season low for the Penn State pass rush, guys. And I kind of feel like, I hope I don't end up eating these words. I might, I should knock on wood as I say this, but I feel like if the Ohio State offensive line was going to cost them a game this year, I, we probably would have seen it by now, either in South Bend or this game. And if not those games, then when? I mean, I, I think the offensive line just might, it might be just good enough to get this team through this schedule. I know they got a big test in Ann Arbor, you know, at the end of November, but, well, we'll see if that game is played, but I digress. Now, on the other side of the ball, the Ohio State defense recorded a season-high 26 quarterback pressures, Uh, and I tweeted about this earlier. If you look at quarterback pressures by game, the Ohio State pass rush would seem to be peaking at just the right time. Listen to this, guys. Indiana, 13 pressures. Youngstown State, 8. Western Kentucky, 22. Notre Dame, 9. It was a hell of a Notre Dame offensive line. And then 22 against Maryland, 22 against Purdue, 26 against Penn State. So I'm seeing a trend there, guys, that pass rush, and they're not just pressuring the quarterback, they're getting home. JT Tuimoloau is leading the charge. Since the, Think about this. Since that last defensive series against Notre Dame where Tuimoloau had those back-to-back plays, remember that PVH? He batted oh, down yeah. the pass on the screenplay, and then he had the tackle for loss on Sam Hartman. That got the ball back to the Buckeyes, to the Buckeye offense, to go on the game-winning um, the drive. Since that that uh, sequence there. JT Tuimolo out has, he has 17 quarterback pressures and four sacks. He had a season high seven pressures against Penn State last Saturday. And two of his best reps in the game came against Olu Fashanu. He's going to be a, a first round draft yeah. pick as a left tackle, right? Oh, yeah, and both sure. of those reps came on fourth down in the fourth quarter. The first one was on that fourth and three with about seven minutes to play. Tui Molowau beat Fashanu off the edge, got his hand on Drew Aller's throwing arm to force the incompletion. And the second was the most impressive one, and that was the fourth and 30 with three minutes to play, where Tui Molowau just pushed Fashanu into Aller's lap to collapse the pocket and force the sack. Guys, JT Tui Molowau and the Ohio State pass rush are starting to peak at the right time. I think that's absolutely fucking huge. Oh, and... Right, and Sawyer is actually showing up as well. I mean, I think Sawyer is like you know kind of found his role here. I mean, he's he's been in a lot of those pressures. I mean, he might not get credit for the sack, but he has been. He's made some tackles, and he's been in the in the backfield. Well, I know. And it's funny how like JTT like with Penn State is just like he just shines when they play Penn State. I mean, like look at last year that game last year, crazy. Yeah, yeah, man. He and he and Marvin Harrison Jr. as 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 was the case last year, they were the two best players in the game. Um, I mean, they dominated the game on both sides of the ball. I just love the fact that Tui Molowau stepped up with, you know, supposedly, and that, by the way, that Penn State defense is legit. There's NFL players all up and down <laughs> that that uh, oh, yeah. that roster. Mm-hmm. And the Buckeyes did catch a little bit of a break with Chop Robinson going down what was the late first quarter, early second quarter. But they still had a ton of other good pass rushers yeah. out there. It's still a really, really good defense. But I love that JT, Tui, of, of all those great defensive players on both sides of the ball, it was Tui Molowau that really stood out and dominated the game. So, 
you know, this was a concern many, for us back in Zach, September. How many, Sorry, what's that, CP? How many sacks Zach did uh, oh, Sonny Styles? I, think he, I know he was credited for at least one. Just I one. Just one. Ohio State had but, four. Okay. Tui Molowau had one. Kenyatta okay. Jackson had one. Um, I think uh, so did Styles. And then I want to say also um, uh, Caden Curry might have had one as well. So, uh, you know, that's the other thing is you're, you're starting to see other guys get into the act. I just love the way the defensive front yeah. is playing the, the pass rush. We were concerned about this, yes. right, guys? Back in September, we were like, where the fuck is the pass yeah. rush? Right. Um, and what the, you just said right there is that you, like those names you just went down. You said Kenyatta Jackson. Like you can go down. You like the Kylie Williams. Like, I mean, Michael, like, I mean, the, mm-hmm. this defensive unit is solid, man. And you know what? Solid. I, I don't I'd say it's like, beyond you know, solid. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to pat myself on the back because you guys were just like anti Jim Knowles last year. I'm like, dude, he's got to get his feet. He's got like he's just coming over to don't the big strain your eyeball, ah, ah, ah. Don't uh, strain All your right, eyeball. well, yeah. just, you know, hey, you know. Yeah, well, you stuck with Knowles, and I give you credit, man. Uh, he's been great. They passed two huge tests: Notre Dame and Penn State. Uh, let's see, but you know, let's see how they do here now down the home stretch. Uh, let's get out of if we can get out yeah. of October unscathed, man. That'd be absolutely huge. Paige, I want to kick this back to you. Anything else about the Penn State game you want yeah, to share? I, I, no, I, it's funny about the whole Knowles thing. Um, I mean, it's great being seven and zero. You know, you got to keep it up, man. You can't have a letdown. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know who else played great was Hancock, right? He was great. Uh, yes, he, he was. He he made a one hundred percent. Yeah, stops in the backfield. Um, and, and you know, without Burke, I mean they're not that dynamic at wideout, but it's kind of it's kind of bananas, right? Oh, well, we got Matthews and then Hancock and Igbenosin. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean yeah. yeah, they they just absolutely couldn't do anything. Like that that passing attack for Penn State was just, oh my God, it was it was hard to watch. But um yeah, the defense stepped up, the offense did what they needed to do. Um, so we're on to Wisconsin. Did you guys see, maybe we talked about this over text leading up to the game, but there was one of those silly, you know, anonymous coach pieces by the athletic and they were talking about the Ohio state secondary as average or not. And it's not up to their usual standard. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? All that bullshit. I was like, you, are you using last year's film? Are you using a quote from a coach from last year? I thought it was. I thought it was ridiculous. First of all, those anonymous coach pieces have totally jumped the shark. And, you know, they're, they're, yeah, I, I just could not believe it. Get the it. fuck out of here. Did you guys see that piece? It was circulating. It was in The Athletic. Uh, just it's just uh, coaches have agendas right so they'll say anything to kind of push their agenda you just can never really count on those anonymous yeah, coaches it might have been the coach from akron hoban yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah cp, CP anything Bates else you want to share about penn state Bates. before we we turn our 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 attention to this michigan business no man i'm 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 super super happy i hope it just like stays on this path which uh you know i think it's gonna like Continue like the offense. We're going to only get better, man. I like where we are right now, right? Just don't, never mind us. We're quietly going about the business of building the best playoff resume in the country. We're getting better every week. We got the best defense in the country. Go ahead, crown Michigan, give Michigan all the attention. Now there's this big dust storm around them. We rarely, as Ohio State fans, get to enjoy this as, you know, the kind of the dark horse if you will, of, of the conference yeah. and somebody else is getting all the attention, all the expectations and all the controversy. So it's a really nice position for us to be in. I love where we are right now. Okay. We got to spend some time on this Michigan sign stealing scandal, fellas. I got a few details I want to share here. 
to <laughs> <laughs> to just kind of frame the discussion here. So bear with me as I as I walk us through just a couple of details here. So here's what we know. And again, I'm not going to go into every single detail. If you want to get the full story, go to your major news outlet of choice. The details will not be hard to find. Trust me. Now, a Michigan staffer by the name of Connor Stallions, that's a great porno name, by the way, who is a retired Marine, is accused of orchestrating a major sign-stealing operation that involved impermissible in-person scouting of future Michigan opponents. It is against the rules. It has been since 1994 to do that type of scouting. So that's the first rule that Michigan has broken. Now, Pete Thamel and Mark Schlebaugh of ESPN reported on Wednesday that Stallions purchased tickets to more than 35 games at 17 stadiums around the country, and he's used a network of at least three people who were forwarded the tickets to attend the games. Thamel and Schlebaugh also reported that the NCAA has been sent at least an hour of video evidence that shows a person sitting in a seat that was purchased by Stallions appearing to video the home sideline with a smartphone. The video is expected to be used as part of the investigation to show that electronics were used in the signal stealing ring. It is against NCAA rules to use electronics to record opponent signals. That's the second rule that Michigan is alleged to have broken here. Also, Per Will Hobson of the Washington Post just yesterday, the investigation began with an outside investigative firm approaching the NCAA with documents and videos the firm said it had obtained from computer drives maintained and accessed by multiple Michigan coaches. Among the pieces of evidence the firm presented was a detailed schedule of Michigan's planned sign-stealing travel for the rest of the season, listing opponents' schedules at which game scouts would attend, and how much money was budgeted for travel and tickets to scout each each team. That is a fucking smoking gun there if it's true. Uh, the opponents targeted the most on this schedule, take a guess, were Ohio State. Rutgers? <laughs> the scouts plan to attend as many as eight Ohio <laughs> State games this season. Next on the list was, of course, Georgia, with four or five games scheduled for in-person scouting and video recording. In total, sources told Hobson, Michigan's sign-stealing operation was expected to spend more than 15 grand this season, sending scouts to more than 40 games played by 10 opponents. Now, according to the university's public salary disclosure records, Stallions is listed as an administrative specialist in the athletic department. He only made 55000 in 2022. So we know he ain't paying out of pocket for all this travel and all these tickets. Yeah, he was all volunteer prior to like like last <laughs> yeah. year, like right? He was like, it was all volunteer. Yeah, I mean, he's making peanuts to do this. The guy would probably work for free, and there's no way he's funding all these trips, buying all these tickets out of, you know, uh, you know, on his own, uh, own dime. Now, of course, Jim Harbaugh has denied any knowledge or involvement in this scandal. Now, Pete Thamel of ESPN reported just today that the NCAA enforcement staff has been on the Michigan campus this week investigating these sign-stealing claims. Okay, PVH. I'm going to kick this over to you. Your thoughts. So I I don't really care about, about, you know, is it a big deal if they stole signs or didn't steal signs, right? Because there's two different camps in that, you know, and like everybody steals signs. And then like, well, it's against the rules, but everybody's trying to do it. I I read today and so somehow the FBI is now involved. Did you did you read that? Yes, so, they're, they're they're investigating Matt Weiss, the former co-offensive coordinator who was fired in January and has been an under investigation by them and the Detroit police since January for, for accessing what? Serv- what? for for you know illegal access of servers or something. So it makes me wonder if those investigators, while in the midst of that investigation, uncovered this evidence and 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 then which is unrelated 
and then presented to the university. I don't know that if that's actually the case, but I wonder yeah. if that's what happened here. Go ahead. Right. And yeah, and I didn't I I I didn't read enough to make the connection of, you know, who that that Matt Weiss guy even was, mm-hmm. who was the offensive co-offensive coordinator, coordinator yeah, last year. Um, but it, it it literally, you remember I even texted it again this week. It goes down to the Jim Trussell email FBI role. Yeah. It's a little different context, but if you're ever involved in NC2A scandal, which is a toothless, feckless organization, but the FBI is actually involved, that's a really freaking bad, bad, bad deal for um, you. Yeah. And I think that was the, you know, I mean, going back to the tattoos with Trestle, right? He gets an email. It's like, hey, yeah. I'm just giving you a heads up. The FBI is investigating. Like, you're not going to cover that up, Jim, and basically cost <laughs> you, you know, your head coaching job. So that's the first thing. Um, the, the the second, and who knows? Who knows where this goes? It's probably not the crime. It'll be the cover up. And what are they? Mm, I don't say? know, man. I think the crime is pretty big. It's the, the, well, the, dude. It's but it depends what Michigan does this week, right? If yeah. they're already there, right? If they, you know, if they try, and, and it might not just be the university. But but who knew in the university did I mean, obviously, anybody that that on the planet that watches college football and thinks Harbaugh didn't know about this is kidding themselves. Of course, he knew about it. <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, his photos of, of the no dude way. standing on the sidelines right next to him. Yeah. So so that's out. the <laughs> Yeah, but right. It, was watching. But, after, but that could be right, the cover. After, right. Right. That could Brow be fans. That guy's like. So where I'm going with this is. What does we know they did it right? There's enough evidence. I'm not saying they didn't do it, but what I'm saying is, does Harbaugh say I had no idea this was happening? And then in two weeks, they they get a text, they get an email that they tie it to them in it, some way. Yeah. That, oh my God. Yeah. And I, I don't know how you don't how that doesn't happen, but um, then he's done right because mm-hmm. then it's the lie and it's the cover up. Mm-hmm. So that's the second thing. The third thing that's interesting is that it's perhaps was instigated from inside Michigan. Could and have been this guy. Yeah, who's this 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 donor that's tight? John with Stapleton, the, dude. John he's Stapleton. not a donor. He's like right. he's a fucking like he's a, um he's been one the league. He's a fucking infractions committee member. He's like yeah. fucking went to Michigan. He's like, and they they say he's the one at fucking when um Harbaugh was interview like um the Vikings job, he was like, got him like, you know, derailed off of that. And it's kind of crazy. He's like that. He hates Harbaugh that much. And he wants to burn the whole house down. Well, that's, like, yeah, that's the he doesn't thing. like the motherfucker at all. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, th- and, and then the fourth thing, whether or not whatever happens, you'll never convince me that, you know, like it taints what they've done the last two years beating Ohio State. Totally. Right? It's just disgraceful. Of course it you does. Know? And so, dude. so you like can... the only the way they like we the only way we can beat Ohio State, we're gonna have to fucking like stick we're gonna have to get inside some way. Like <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Yeah. It's so like it is beyond juicy, just hilarious watching this just trickle <laughs> out the next thing. And you know, chances are we're probably we we maybe know maybe half at this point. There's going to be more that comes oh, out. Oh, for sure. It's just comical. Where it all lands, who the hell knows? 
Um, but my God, it is Christmas in October, <laughs> Halloween for Buckeye fans watching this unfold. And it yeah. couldn't happen to a nicer douchebag than Jimmy <laughs> Kaki Pan. God, it's so great. C- oh, CP, Kaki. the floor is yours, my friend. So, I mean, it, it, it is what it is, man. You know, and that sucks that they have to do that kind of shit. But I don't want, like, you know, I want to be able to kick the shit out of them this year. <laughs> and, you know, and it not have, you know, it not be tainted by any of this shit. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like this, it's only going to, I feel like this is like dire, like spinning out, like quickly. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I I mean, think they, and it can't, yeah. like, it, it, there's more stuff coming out every day. And I think th- it's going to have to, like, I mean, the NCAA, we know, is just a, a, a fucking, <laughs> I mean, what type of organization are they? I mean, like, you know, they have no, it's, but it's something's going to come out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. It's going to be real damaging because the damn, the four one one just keeps getting worse and worse every day and more and more keeps spilling out. So it's, it's got to come to a head. It's like, you know, and a lot of people are like trying to say, well, all right, well maybe, you know, how slow the NCAA reacts is the fact that, all right, well, Michigan will like, and then there won't be any infractions or anything until next year. You know what I mean? Because they have such a good team. Like, you know, so who knows what's going to happen, man? Yeah. I mean, after reading all this shit and I've been reading it all, I mean, as it comes in, I've been refreshing my Twitter feed like every five minutes. And it seems, (laughs) as you guys have pointed out, it it seems as though we've only scratched the surface of what's happened. Uh, But after, you know, reading through all this, I'm reminded of the Michigan players last year planting their flag and flexing and posing for pictures on the Blocko in Ohio Stadium after cheating their way to win that game last year reportedly right allegedly you know I'm thinking about J.J. McCarthy doing that little Queen of England wave to the Ohio State crowd as the clock was winding down I remember their former co-OC Matt Weiss the guy who's in trouble bragging after the game that Michigan didn't even need to reach into their bag of tricks uh, to win that game offensively. They were able to beat Ohio State uh, with day one training camp plays on offense, he said, after that game. And of course, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about Jim Harbaugh's born on third base comment uh, about Ryan Day, you know, after beating the Buckeyes in 2021. Yeah. I mean, if these reports are true, Michigan players and coaches did and said all those things while knowingly cheating to win the 2021 and 2022 games. And the stink of this scandal is going to stick with that program for decades. All of their accomplishments from the last two years would be completely fraudulent. And I think the worst part about this is, the most unconscionable part about this is, Michigan used this sign-stealing ring to beat opponents on their schedule who are already at a huge talent and resource disadvantage compared to them. That's just unconscionable. And it's also stunning that it's Michigan that we're talking about that's at the center of this and not some sleazy SEC team. I mean, it's crazy. You, You can't even make this stuff up. That article you like text to uh, PBH and I earlier too, which is like so funny that there were multiple sources that gave uh, TCU the four one one prior to the yeah, a lot the, of teams, you know, yeah, a lot of teams, including Ohio State. That, like, yeah, yeah, Ohio State reached out to them I mean, and told them about it. Yeah, about the sign steal, Michigan sign stealing uh, capabilities. Yeah. So they gave TCU a heads up in right. that article. Yeah. That uh, the porno kid, like he, he wrote a 550-page <laughs> manifesto. Yeah, that's weird. I He's saw that like, report in Sports I mean, Illustrated. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. He's an odd dude. Um, 
Yeah, I, and like you guys, I have no <laughs> idea. Probably where Harbaugh's BFF. They probably talk on the phone every other day. Well, when I hear something, when I hear that word manifesto, I'm thinking about about a guy like you know mailing bombs to people, uh, or you know going up into a bell tower with you know an, <laughs> a rifle or something. Yeah, uh, very strange. Yeah, and like you guys, nobody I don't think knows where this is going because it is unprecedented. And I know the the NCAA. I love the I love your description of the NCAA PBH. They're as a governing body, they're feckless and toothless. You're absolutely right about that. It moves at glacial speeds, yeah. I think, is something else that you've said also previously. But I, look, I don't think anyone can wait around for them to do anything about this. But a guy I work with, Mike Ferry, at, uh, at, at, uh, you know, at Griffin, a very knowledgeable Ohio State fan, he's the only one that I've heard say this. But he, think, he feels very strongly that the university of Michigan is going to step in here at some point. I mean, they can, they can only stand idly by for, for so long um, because the, the longer they wait and just kind of stand yeah. on the sidelines, uh, the longer, the more they look complicit here. Um, so I, it, it gets worse for the university. I, f- I would think, because a lot of people are like, well, the NCAA can't do anything. The big Ten's not going to do anything. They don't want to piss off Fox and the broadcast partners by, you know, uh, holding one of their, their best television properties out of the playoff race. But, I mean, what's to stop Michigan from stepping in here, suspending Harbaugh, uh, you yeah, know, like to protect their reputation, right? One of the most well-respected right? universities in the country, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, so, education at Michigan, you know, like they're cheaters. You I know, mean, what the, they, don't, they don't want that shit. Yeah, if, if things unfold, as, as you've said, CP, and more and more details come out, and it seems we're, you know, well on the way to that happening, I would think Michigan, given their reputation, right, as a university that does it the right way, we're Michigan men— I, I would expect the university to step in here at some point. And with respect to the Big Ten and their whole role in this thing, look, they got 13 other schools in that conference that are fucking pissed that they have to deal with, that they have to answer to. So uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. I have no idea where yeah. this is going. PBH, I'm going to kick this back to you. What are the thoughts you have on this? Yeah, I've, I've heard people like, you know, speculate, well, you know, they're number one in the country. And so they, you know, that's horseshit, right? Like um, the other schools. Horseshit. Yeah, or completely <laughs> loving this number one. But yeah, the sanctimoniousness of Michigan, I agree with you, Zach, right? Like, and that's why I'm saying, like, I, I don't think it's really going to matter. They're not going to be Kansas, right? Or Tennessee to yeah. do whatever they can to save exactly. you know, self or, you know, uh, if th- there's probably enough administrators that, and, you know, he's going to get one chance, right? Like, what did you know? When did you know about it? And who else knows about it? And if it seems, you know, if it if it turns out to be what it seems like, I mean, I don't think Michigan would would let him stay. I don't think no. they have a stomach for it. I totally agree with you. And by the way, I, I just I, want to I, interject one thing here before you go on. Michigan is still Harbaugh's still under investigation for recruiting during the COVID yeah. dead period. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, people PBH. Go, people go. On top of all yeah. this. <laughs> so, well, yeah, so now he's re- repeat offender, even though what he bought a cheeseburger for a kid. That's that's kind of ridiculous. Anyways, it, um, yeah. Well, think I, about this. How about, how about us tattoo gate? Like, I mean, like, these guys, like, we left all that shit for fucking tattoos and we're getting fucking, like, this Michigan stealing fucking signs and shit. This I is mean, a whole on, different man. ball of wax, though, man. And we're talking about the integrity of oh, competi- of, of the That's game, right? I'm I mean, saying. this is, this is, this it's is. It's a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, how weird would it be for these allegations to continue to come out and, and get verified and Michigan is still competing for a national championship? Uh, but th- that would be so you know strange. 
you said a, a interesting, and I kind of thought of this earlier. How how weird would it be? How weird is Jim Harbaugh though? Like the dude is just yeah. weird, right? <laughs> he doesn't have a shirt on. Like it's not you. You don't. It's not like outwardly bound to like think. Oh, is this something this guy would come up with? Absolutely, because the guy's a kook, man. I mean, he's a good or a great football coach, but it. It, none of this actually strikes me of something that like he wouldn't have thought of or been completely on board with. And because he's such a weirdo. And so it kind of makes sense to me, you know, mm-hmm. and and then that's when, the you know, I think the university is going to say this is enough's enough. And he burns bridges. We know this right from the yeah. NFL and Stanford and, see, you know, like he, he wears he people has out life of five to seven years. Yeah. Well, I mean. If, if the reports are true that the Stapleton guy is the one that's behind this, then he's probably not the only one. And if they find any type of a smoking gun, uh, I mean, I mean, I didn't even really think that they would get rid of him this season, but maybe. Never in my wildest imagination that what I have guessed that Michigan would have been at the center of a scandal like this. I mean, you really no. can't make this shit up. It, it's, it's. <laughs> but again, it goes back to my, he, he's a weirdo. So yeah. that's the only, it's the only way I can get to it. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing, last thing I'll say about it is, you know, to your point, Zach, about, you know, McCarthy being chesty and planning, you know, the flag. If they deny it and say it didn't happen or whatever they're doing right now, the players also had to know, right? So then you start bringing players in and saying, you know, what did you, you know, so again, what, what type of power does the NC2A have, right? It's not, it's not, you know, the justice department. So the, the feckless organization, but you're going to tell me you're not going to get one kid to crack and say, fuck yeah, we had every Uh one of their signs. Right. Mm -hmm. And they all knew, right. Because you can't, just because they're doing it on the sidelines, the players also have to know what they're doing. That is a lot. There's no of way they can't know. Weak yeah. Oh, that's a lot of preparation. Yes. You referenced the video that was circulated. I think it was by 10 TV. Of <clears throat> it was on the first yeah. drive. Ohio State had the ball of last year's Ohio State Michigan game, and you saw C.J. Stroud stop, look to the sidelines to get a signal, and then you could see the Michigan sideline reacting to that. And you could see that they were looking in to get the signs. And I know you kind of walked us through the CP, but um, what I want to point out to illustrate Paige's point was once Michigan got the sign that they wanted, or that they, the, what they knew Ohio State was going to run, you could see the entire sideline react, including players on the bench pointing up to the sky that it's going to be a pass. So to your point, Paige, the players knew. They knew. I, I don't I don't necessarily think they're innocent in this because you see I'm seeing, you know, college football some college football personalities and stuff talking about, well, the poor kids. This is such a bad break for the kids. I'm like, they were fucking in on it too. There's no way that they couldn't have been. Yeah, man. Well, they're the ones that are on the field. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, again, find the weak link, right? And I don't even think it's going to get to that. But I'm like, if it's just never going to – this – it doesn't end well for Michigan, however it ends, you know, um, but we'll see what happens. All right. So, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Michigan has a bye this week, and they don't play again until next week, and their next opponent is Purdue. Does Jim Harbaugh survive to coach in that game against Purdue on November 4th, Page, What do you think? I'm going to say no. CP? 
I mean, no, I mean, I, I don't think so. Cause like I said earlier, I feel like if, if he knew nothing about any of this shit, he would have already spoke about it, addressed it, that this is preposterous. Like, you know, this is bullshit. This is like fucking, you know, whatever. But yeah. So I agree. Like probably not. Yeah. I, I think I hope so though. Just, I, I want to beat his ass. I, I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. I feel like, uh, uh, what we know about how the NCAA moves and previous infractions and other scandals are very different. Uh, they don't really apply here because because there's really no precedent. And we're talking about the integrity of competition, the integrity of the game. Um, I think my, my friend Mike Ferry is right. I think the university intervenes here. I think they get to a point, we've heard enough. Enough yeah. is enough. We cannot afford to take the reputational damage here. And they intervene and they at least suspend Harbaugh. Yeah, um, at least suspend him. I think sure. we're looking at least Ending. a suspension before Michigan plays again on November 4th. Okay. Hey, guys, guess what? Ohio State plays a game, a game on game, Saturday. Boys. How about that? <laughs> so let's turn our attention. Oh, my God. Paige, it's, 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 it's going to uh-huh. be a 530 kickoff for Glory. you, bro. Yeah. Glory. Glory. How about that? Yeah. And. Yeah, and they just announced that Ruggers was going to be at noon too. Like, I mean, come on. Man. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, well, at least we got this one. It's a night game. We got this yeah. one. All right. Enjoy this one. Absolutely. All right. So let let's turn our attention to this coming Saturday. Number three, seven and zero. Ohio State visits Madison to play unranked five and two Wisconsin. The game, as Chad has noted, is a seven thirty p.m. Eastern kick on NBC. The line is Ohio State minus fourteen and a half. The over under is forty five and a half. Now, for context. That is a point below last week's over-under for Penn State, which is 46.5. The folks in the desert are expecting a low-scoring affair in this one. Doesn't look like weather's going to be a huge factor in this game, guys. Mostly cloudy. Temps will be in the low 40s. According to the Weather Channel, only a 12% chance of rain. This will be the 86th meeting between these two schools. Ohio State leads the all-time series 62-18 to with five ties. That includes a 52-21 to Ohio State blowout last year in Columbus. Now, as I mentioned at the top, when these schools play in Camp Randall, uh, the games are extremely close. The last two times the Buckeyes played in Camp Randall, 2016 and 2012, the games went to overtime. Ohio State won both games, 30-23 and 21-14. The Badgers' last win in this series was 2010. That game was also played in Camp Randall. They upset Terrell Pryor and the number one ranked Buckeyes, 31-18 in that game. Monkey and I were there. Oh, it was painful. J.J. Watt went berserk in that game. Barnes and I were there. We were there in a box, and that was like... uh... Oh, Natalie's. Oh, it was yeah. terrible. Dude. Yeah, that they place t- like is one of the funnest places on in, on the planet, like Camp Randall. But yeah, that yeah. was bad. Wisconsin took the opening kickoff back for a touchdown, and things just kind of spiraled from there. <laughs> now, Wisconsin, as we know, oh, House as, of Pain. House of Pain. As we know, Wisconsin is coached by former Ohio State defensive lineman and assistant coach Luke Fickle. Yeah. Um, they offensively, Wisconsin comes into this game 65th nationally in total offense. They're 84th in offensive yards per play. They're 34th nationally in rushing offense, and they're 84th nationally in passing offense, 78th in scoring offense. Now, the Badgers during the offseason installed an up-tempo attack with uh, new offensive coordinator Phil Longo. He came over from North Carolina. This is interesting. Per Bill Landis, Uh, They are 30th in the FBS in pace of play. They run a play every 24 seconds, which makes them the fastest team that Ohio State defensively is going to face this season. That's going to be so weird to see Wisconsin running an up-tempo attack. 
the Badgers, however, are going to be without starting quarterback Tanner Mordecai, the SMU transfer. Mordecai broke his throwing hand a couple of weeks ago against Iowa. So backup Braden Locke, the Mississippi State transfer, will get the start for the Badgers. Now, Locke helped the Badgers to a comeback over Illinois last week, throwing two touchdown passes as Wisconsin outscored the, uh, the Illini 18-zip in the fourth quarter to win 25-21. The Badgers still have a very dangerous weapon in running back Braylon Allen. He's well on his way to another 1,000-yard season. He's second in the Big Ten in rushing at 704 yards. He averages 5.9 yards per carry and has eight rushing touchdowns. That's second only to Blake Corum in the Big Ten. Uh, Badgers aren't particularly dynamic at receiver. Uh, Their leading receiver is Will Pauling. He leads them in receptions with 37 and receiving yards with 398. Only one touchdown catch for Pauling on the season, though. Listen to this. Only five touchdown receptions for the Badgers this season, and one of those was by an offensive lineman. (laughs) 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 All right, PVH, I'm going to kick this over to you. Why don't we start by looking at uh, when the Badgers have the ball against the Buckeye defense. Give me a few thoughts. So it, it's funny, uh, if that school does one thing well, better than anybody is how many, how many first round draft picks or, you know, NFL players do they have on the offensive line? You didn't name any. I mean, I, I, you, you do way more homework and research than <laughs> I do. Um, I'm sure they're pretty good. Yeah, uh, that's when I get nervous about Wisconsin because the way they're, you know, yes, they have good running backs too, but I believe their offensive line always makes the running backs better. So the fact that you didn't name off, you know, an all-American offensive lineman or first-round draft pick like you did last week for Penn State or you know uh, Joe Wald or whatever his name was from uh-huh. Notre Dame makes me feel so much better, right? <laughs> and um, being down a quarterback. Uh, not a good thing for them. And that guy's a transfer. So that's even a worse sign to me. It'd be like when we, you know, had, uh, I can't even remember the guy's name two years ago when they had fields back up. Like if that guy came in, we were dead. <laughs> um, there is the letdown factor. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, Ohio state plays better, right. In electric, atmospheres that aren't in the shoe especially at night Mm -hmm. so i think that actually kind of goes that this is going to help us right you know that place is going to be bananas um we're not playing at noon they're on the road um so i'm not necessarily that worried about a letdown game i mean it definitely has all the hallmarks you know coming off of penn state but um you know uh fickles he's gonna need a couple years too right yeah. and just because he's from a high state doesn't mean he's you know gonna pull some you know magic out of you know his bag of tricks right so um yeah there's one yeah, guy that scares I, you on this offense right one guy and that's Bra- yeah. braylon allen right right and you know and 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 don't let him bust off an 80 yard run right knock mm-hmm. on wood we've been very good against you know those types of uh plays this year mm-hmm. so Fine, you know, have 150 yards, you know, in between the 20s, you know, and play the great red zone defense that we play. Yep. Um, and we should be fine. In fact, I think we roll. Okay. CP, how about you? Give us some thoughts of when Wisconsin has the ball against the Ohio State defense. It is a Camp Randall. The place is going to be going off. It is Halloween weekend. I mean, the House of Pain, like that. that is one of the best, like, you know, that's right up there with the Virginia Tech, like, you know, Metallica kind of thing. Um, 
It's going to be electric in there, and it probably will be close for about a quarter. Mm-hmm. Anything about this maybe. offense concern you, the yeah. Wisconsin offense at all? Um, no. I, and if it does, then, well, I mean, that's that's kid's good. Running back, he's going to get his yards. I mean, but I feel like our defense is getting better and better, and I feel like um, Knowles will have a, a, a plan, like a defensive scheme that's uh, – Going to shut them down. I don't know if they will get in the end zone. Yeah, for, for me, it's block out the noise from this Michigan scandal. I, I you know, I'm sure look, they, they have cell phones, they have internet access, so block out all the noise from that. Continue to play to your standard. Now, I think Ohio State can probably commit extra men to the line of scrimmage to slow Braylon Allen down. Uh, I think they can trust their corners and coverage against this offense. You know, a transfer freshman quarterback, not very dynamic at receiver. Uh, this was not a very explosive offense to begin with. The Badgers were 123rd nationally in scrimmage plays of 20-plus yards, and now they have a freshman quarterback in Brandon Locke at the controls. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, and Cody Simon, look, just make good reads, be fundamentally sound, tackle well, um, and I think, you'll be, I think you'll be fine. You'll do what you need to do to, to limit this uh, very limited uh, Wisconsin offense. PBH, anything else you want to say about this side of the ball? Mm, no. Okay, great. Uh, CP, how about you? Anything else you want to say about the high State defense against the Wisconsin offense? Mm, no. no. Okay, so let's flip it around and look at the Ohio State <laughs> offense against the Wisconsin defense. <laughs> the Badgers, look, they're solid, but they're not in the Penn State I... or Notre Dame category as a defense. They're several notches below those units, but they're still pretty stout. Basically a top 35, 40 defense in many of the key stats. They're 39th in total defense, 26th in defensive yards per play. They're 29th nationally against the pass. They actually have a couple of good players in the secondary. Now, they're 64th against the run, which is a little shocking to see for a Wisconsin defense. They're usually really, really good, like in the top 10 against the run. And they're 20th in scoring defense. So not Penn State. Not Notre Dame, but very solid somewhere in the top, you know, 35-40. Now, a few names to watch on the Badger defense. Safety, Hunter Waller. He's their leading tackler with 70 tackles. He also has two picks, and he's Wisconsin's top-graded defender, according to PFF, with a grade of 83. Now, right behind Waller is cornerback Ricardo Hallman. Hallman uh, has a grade of 82.9, according to PFF, and he leads the Badgers with four picks. The Badgers also have a pair of solid pass rushers in Daryl Peterson and C.J. Getz, a combined 40 quarterback pressures with six and a half sacks between Peterson and Getz so far this season. Okay, PBH, I'm going to kick this back over to you. Give me a few thoughts about this matchup of the Ohio State offense against the Wisconsin defense. Is it a bad sign if your safeties are leading tackle? I, one, one could say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, we get some weapons back. Love to see Trey go off. Let's go, Trey. Yep. Like, let's. Yeah, I mean, baby. Let's see it. You know, it would be astonishing. I, I want. I. I would love nothing better to see that kid rip off a. What are we? Seven games. So another sixty yard. Game, eight yeah. games when we win the national championship and, yep. and just be the stud that we've always hoped that he can be. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be amazing. Great to have Buka back. Um, yeah. Good luck. Wisconsin, you know, <laughs> Ohio State, uh, with a full complement of all our players. And again, I just come back to, you know, I I think I I I love the atmosphere. I mean, like 
if, if you're a high state man, how psyched are you going to be to play at this game at night? Camp Randall, Hall, Halloween, right? Yeah. House of Pain. I think remember when Malcolm Jenkins was just going bananas on our sideline, like dancing to feed him. off of that energy too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so there's no rule that know, says we can't. I, <laughs> yeah. And you know, McCord. I think it's going to be a good right? pass for McCord. Yeah. yeah. And yep. McCord, McCord. Um, you know, he was a little shaky a little bit at Penn State, but God damn it, man. I mean, Z, you and I know we were there. Like, he's not afraid of the moment on the road. So, nope. um, you know, I weirdly, this team, you know, I, I feel like, man, they might even be better on the road. Who knows? I mean, that's crazy. But um, <laughs> feed off the energy. I, I mean, uh, and it would be awesome to see Trey and McCord just have amazing games. Ibuka be healthy. And uh, and then also the offensive line. Keep up what you were doing from last week, boys. Before you go, Zach, sure. can I ask a question? Yeah, of course. W- would you, eat both of you, would you prefer this game to be a noon start or a 7.30 p.m. start? For for us, from, from the Ohio State prism, not anything else for the team. Oh, that's a good question. Team. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think the Ohio fact State. that it is at night, I think the fact that it is at night, there's going to be some extra juice. It's in prime time. Probably helps Ohio State rather than the sleepy yeah. noon kick. Um, yeah, I, I think it probably helps that it's at night. What do you think? Oh, I, I totally do. What do you yeah. think, Chad? I'm like, I mean, I, a couple of things we just mentioned. I mean, I, I think it's a big, big opportunity for um, – McCord being under, like, I mean, that, that is one of the loudest stadiums. And when they do that, like, it's, it's going to be a, a good experience. So plus, for, for you, I know it's a good thing because, like, it sucks coming, getting up at, like, you know, in Zach, like, <laughs> 9, 30, 10 o'clock. But I, I think they need, like, a loud game. Like, Notre Dame was, like, you know, or you guys were there. It was a pretty intense, you know, scenario. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, I'm glad it's at 7 30. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. Dude, I, I'm my be whole, much more my whole day. I would be much yeah. more concerned with a noon, rainy, gray, you know. Nobody's watching. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. No juice in the stadium. No, no, no juice. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I think it's probably a blessing that it is at night and um, might even give them a few extra hours to, you know, heal up those bumps and bruises from Penn State, too. Um, Get over their hangover. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have mentioned it. There's a <laughs> yeah. fair amount of optimism that both Trey Henderson and Emeka Buka will play in this game. That would be a huge lift for this offense. Now, of course, I'll believe it when I see it with Henderson. Uh, the video I saw of Ibuka warming up before the Penn State game, though, there's some video circulating. He still seemed to be running pretty gingerly. I know that was a week ago. Uh, I'm hopeful that he goes that he can, he can go in this game. If they can't go... Then I don't know that I would expect a ton of fireworks from the Ohio State offense in this game against a pretty stout Wisconsin defense. You're playing in, in, in what in front of what we all agree is going to be a lit home crowd at night, you know, on Halloween weekend. So, <laughs> uh, like you guys, I'm looking for another step forward from Kyle McCord and the offensive line. I think it's important he get out to a, a faster start in this game. Right now, against Penn State, he completed his first five passes on that opening drive, but then he went into a pretty long lull. I think he had like seven straight incompletions. Ohio State had four or five drives that went nowhere. So I want to see a faster start. He's been nails in the second half. I agree. I think he was like 11 of 14 uh, in the second half against Penn State with the touchdown. But under the lights in Camp Randall, it's not a place where you want to get off to a slow start. 
Um, and I think regardless of who's carrying the rock for the Buckeyes, there should be more room to run against this Wisconsin front. Again, only 64th nationally against the run. They're allowing over four yards per carry in the run game. They're just not nearly up to their usual standard defending the run. And I don't think they're in the same stratosphere as Penn State defending the run. And I'm going to keep beating this drum until we see it again. This looks like a, a damn good spot for Dallin Hayden. You know, especially if Henderson can't go or they have to limit his carries because, you know, they want to ease him back into it. I want to see what this kid can do, right? It's, come on. Uh, yeah, and don't tell me it's because he, he, he's bad in pass protection because, I'm sorry, both, both uh, you know, Trainum and, and, and Williams sucked in pass protection last week. I mean, Trainum gave up a sack. He got, he got, you know, whooped by a cornerback on a blitz for a sack. So give me a little down Hayden this, this Saturday, I think. One one last thing. I like how that kid runs. Man. So man, he's you know, the thing I love about Hayden is you know he's going to squeeze every yard out of the carry. He's going to run north south and he's going to get you every available yard. He's he's not going to rip off a sixty yarder like you know like a Trey Henderson. He doesn't have that kind of breakaway explosive capabilities. But um, he, he will move forward. He'll help you keep the chains moving. Give the kid some. Give him a few carries in this game. But why not? And then the last year's game in Columbus, Kate Stover caught two touchdown passes. Look for him to make his mark on this game as well. Stover over guys is on pace to put up the most receiving yards in a single season um, most receiving yards in a single season by any tight end in program history uh, the single season record is held by Billy yeah, Anders yeah. all the way back in the 1966 season with 671 yards receiving Kate Stover's already up to 429 you know with with five regular season uh, games to go he may also have a shot at tying or surpassing the record for receiving touchdowns by a tight end the school record which is seven that's held by both ricky dudley and jake stoneburner ricky uh, ricky pbh i'm going to kick this back to you any other thoughts about the high state offense against the penn state defense uh no i'm glad you nah. mentioned over like he had some great uh, at least one ridiculous catch last week absolutely that down guy, the seam oh god that guy's he he's legit and uh, you know i like he just got thrown like, up for the uh John Mackey Award. Yeah. Uh, did he? Yeah. And uh, he was added to the Bolitnikoff watch list. Did you guys see that too? Was he really? As a tight end. So Ohio State has three guys on the watch list, including Agbuka and Harrison, but that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I'll bet you 10 bucks, Zach, that Hayden will have less than. Actually, he'll have zero carries. <laughs> I don't know if I'll take that bet. I, I tend to agree with you. I want to see him, it's, but it, yeah. Someday we'll do a documentary on this. We don't need to get into it now, but if especially if Trey's <laughs> healthy, because Mayan actually played pretty well last week, and then Chip, and then but I, I yeah, I, but I agree with you. I would love to see it, but it, for whatever reason, it's they don't trust him. They happen. clearly don't seem to trust him. Yeah. How about you, CP? No. Any other thoughts about the high state offense in this game? No, not really. I'd just like to see, uh, you know, McCord get better. Okay. Some, um, that's it. I mean, really, yeah. at the end of the day, man. Because, like, you know, I, I really have nothing to bitch about. And I'm like, just, yeah. I will say one thing, though. I, I'm so over, like, my boy Hoagland, like, you know, our boy Hoagland, he, like, mm. he, like, went on this, like, just blackout ramp, like, like about, like, oh, my God, this team is off. Like, I was just like, dude. We won the game, shot up. You didn't really even watch the game, I bet. Like, you know, cause just up throwing shit everywhere. Um, but McCormick Man, if you're if you're ever if you're ever bummed out about your team being undefeated, you need to with two wins against it. top ten teams and the best That's and the best too. playoff Me resume too, in the country. Man. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Life yeah. is too short. I agree. Dude. Okay, boys, listen, let's fire up the concernometer here. PBH, I'm gonna start with you. Give me your concernometer readout for this game. 
you know, before this pod, I was I was definitely above five, but I'm going to land at 2.5 for this game. Ooh, 2.5. Okay, CP, oh, how about wow. you? You know what? I'm just going to roll there with uh, Paige, 2, 2.5. 2.5. Okay, now, now I feel like I'm coming in way too high. I have this at a solid six. If Ohio State were coming Whoa. off a if Ohio State were coming off a slog with a very physical Penn State team, and I knew for certain that Igbuka and Henderson were healthy and able to play, the readout would definitely be lower. But look, it's fucking Camp Randall at what night. Your, the, it's Camp. What was your contender meter last week at Penn State? Uh, uh, it was lower than that. Uh, no, it was a seven point five. Um, but but oh, it was yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, okay. that stadium's gonna be rocking. Um, you know, and, and you, PBH, as you know, I had this game circled on the Ohio State schedule. When we looked at the Ohio yeah. State schedule during the offseason, I had this one scheduled as a potential stumble for the Buckeyes. Now, I feel much better about this matchup now than I did then. But I've seen way too many nail biters in Camp Randall to just assume the Buckeyes are going to run away with it. So I'm going to hold it a six. Um, if if Ibuka and Henderson can play, then you know obviously I would bring that down. Okay, let's get to our score predictions again. The line is Ohio State minus fourteen and a half. The over under is forty five and a half. PBH, give us a score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go with our boys thirty seven, the Badgers twelve, thirty seven to twelve, thirty seven twelve. I love it. How about you, CP? Forty eight ten. Forty eight ten. Woo, man, that is a butt whooping. Love to see that. We're going the over. Okay, I love it. Mm, um, love it. Again, you know, just I really wish I knew for sure one way or another if Ibuka and Henderson will play. But Ohio State has covered They're the spread. They're gonna play, dude. They're gonna play. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Ohio State has covered the spread in their last five games, right? I think they have. Um, yeah, I have to go look. I, I think they have. I looked. Wow. I, I should... Notre Dame was a three. It, the, the line was three, and Ohio State won by three. Is that that's covering, right? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. so, so uh, let's go to our guy over on the side yeah. here. It's like, hey, is that a cover? Yeah, yeah. Somebody call NASA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a cover. <laughs> so I, I think they cover in this game, too. I got the Buckeyes with a methodical 31 to 10 victory in this game. Well, did, so again, then you can't be at a, a, a concerno meter at six. Of course I can. I know. <laughs> of course I can. Yeah, we, can. we have this debate a few times. I know. It year. doesn't have to make like, sense, PBH. Uh, okay. It does. <laughs> the nonsensical is sensical. The, the nonsensical. I, okay. I, I could see this okay. being a, a, four, a four quarter game, Ohio State pulling away late. It could, I think it's going to be, it could be close at halftime. This team does not overwhelm teams offensively like they, like they did last year. I think it takes a little while for That's it to happen. Fair. That's true. Um, but, but uh, you know, I, you could also be right. It's not the, the the concernometer score probably not exactly consistent with my score prediction, but That's what you don't have. You, it's your podcast. You whatever the fuck you want. It's our podcast, <laughs> yeah, PBH. It's yeah. our podcast. Oh, yeah, I, I, that's what I meant. That's, I, got my, I got my pronouns wrong. He, she, him, or her. All right, fellas. Hey, listen. That's a Me, great night's work. There. Thanks so much for making the time. Why don't we end things here? Uh, for our listeners, as usual, I will be back on Sunday with a recap of the Wisconsin game and probably an update on the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. Then this trio of morons will be back with you next Thursday to preview the Rutgers game. Love it. Until then, boys, it's great to see you. Have a great night. And thanks thanks so like much for listening, still everyone. Throw one thing out, Z. One thing, so I would like to throw one thing out. Like uh, our right. buddy, uh, Bucko, Bob Barnes, 80th birthday. 
coming up this weekend, Saturday night. Bob Barnes. So, Bucko. Bucko, happy birthday. Happy 80th, man. Barnes Nursery. Head to Barnes Nursery to get your pumpkins, your succulents. Do they have succulents there? Do they have succulents there? Yeah, they have 3515 here on road. All right. All right, boys. Thanks so much for making the time. You guys. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, guys. And go Bucks. You've been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.